So good to see all of you. Hello, welcome, happy morning. Um, I am actually, I'm really excited about this morning um, because I feel like uh, traditions are really fun and meaningful and we just got off a great Christmas season of celebrating those traditions together. And last year, I think for the second year in a row, we did something where we uh, had some washers and we asked everybody to consider kind of a word for the year and write that on the washer, and I've already lost mine. Uh, but we're doing that today, and I ah, found it. Nice. Um, we're doing that today, and uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about that. And at the beginning of the year, I think a lot of people talk about dreaming. So I'm going to start out by sharing one of my uh, legitimate dreams. Uh, so this is something that I dreamt while I was asleep. And I was in uh, the driveway of a house with a group of friends, and there was a pickup truck in the driveway. And I hopped up into the back of the pickup truck, and the pickup truck started to rise off the driveway uh, and started to float. And then it began to fly, and uh, it started going, it was flying, but it was over the road, and it was kind of going like over an A1A, like coastal road, like coast side road. So I could see out over the ocean, and it was this beautiful sunset, and then thousands of dolphins started jumping up out of the water. No joke, after that happened, rainbows started to appear in the sky. And so, of course, what do you do in this scenario? You pull out your cell phone and start snapping photographs, which is exactly what I did in my dream. So I'm flying over this road, looking out over the ocean with a sunset, thousands of dolphins jumping, rainbows in the sky. I'm taking pictures. And then I wake up from the dream and I think, that was so real feeling. I got to check my phone. Like maybe, <laughs> maybe something, you know, nothing. But it was an amazing dream. And I think we would all love to be dreaming dreams like that all the time. If we could just kind of exist in a world where all we had to do was dream dreams, it'd be a really, really nice and wonderful world and life and experience for us. But today, when it comes to dreams, I want to talk about this. For God's sake, and for yours, and for ours, stop dreaming and do something. This time of year, we think a lot about dreams, and that's totally great. And this is kind of tongue-in-cheek. I don't want you to stop dreaming. Dreams can be really wonderful. And actually, as we begin to live out our dreams, as we begin to live out our calling, as we begin to live out the things that God has gifted us for and kind of oriented our lives around, as we move forward in those things, we continue to dream. The dream continues to take shape. We continue to see new components and new aspects of what that thing is. So dreaming is really wonderful. I don't want you to stop dreaming, but I do want all all of us this morning to start doing something. Dreams are easy. It didn't take any energy for me to lay in bed and dream about a flying truck and a sunset in the ocean and dolphins and rainbows. And it was beautiful. I love that it happened. But if I were to take that dream, right, and begin to live it out in my life, like if that was the thing that I was supposed to live out for my life, what would it mean, right? It would mean going and studying either physics or wizardry and figure out how to make a truck fly, all right, and invest millions of dollars into it, or if not that, probably save up every bit of money that I would make over the next three decades of my life until somebody actually makes a viable flying truck, 
and then spend millions of dollars buying that flying truck. And then hopefully when I fly it above the coastal road, the sun is setting, it looks pretty, the dolphins are jumping, and the rainbows. Or I could, I guess, buy thousands of dolphins and begin training them for this moment. Right? There is so much work that would go into, if this were my calling in life, if this were my dream that I was meant to live out, there would be so much work for me between where I stand today and that dream being accomplished. There is a long road of hard work and mundane tasks between today and the fulfillment of the dream that you're dreaming. There is a long road of hard work and mundane tasks between here and there. And I don't think most of us want to acknowledge that. I think a lot of us want to exist in a space where we say, God gave me this dream. And we want to spend our lives talking about how awesome the dream is. And hopefully one day it'll happen. But we disassociate that from the millions of small steps that stand between us and living out the things that God has called us to. Show me an example of someone, even in the pages of the Bible, where they were called to something, where they were given a dream, and anything was easy between where they stood and accomplishing that dream. I mean, look at the life of Jesus, right? Jesus is the embodiment of God, like God with us, God on earth, and God was so passionate. God was dreaming a dream about a a reconciled, a reunited people, back to him, back to his heart, back to who he is. And so he put himself in human flesh and came to earth, right? And then lived out this dream. And what did that dream look like? It looked like three years of ministry where most people rejected him. It looked like three years of ministry alongside 12 people he really trusted and loved who most of the time never got it. It meant feeling alone a lot for him. And even, you know, that kind of part of the story that we know maybe the best, those last hours of the life of Jesus, fulfilling God's dream for a reconciled humanity, nothing about it was easy. And I just want us to contemplate these three passages of those last hours of Jesus' life and think about this. God was achieving his dream God was saying, I am passionate about relationship with people, and it's not going to work unless we go through the hard step of sacrifice. And how that relates to the things that maybe God has put in your heart, the dreams that you're dreaming, the things that you're called to, and the hard work that stands between where you are today and seeing that dream realized. John 19, Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged, the soldiers twisted together a crown of thorns and put it on his head. They clothed him in in a purple robe and went up to him again and again saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and they slapped him in the face. Finally, Pilate handed him over to them to be crucified, so the soldiers took charge of Jesus, carrying his own cross. He went out to the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha, There they crucified him, and with him two others, one on each side and Jesus in the middle. Over to Matthew, two rebels were crucified with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads. 
and saying, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. Come down from the cross if you are the son of God. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law and the elders mocked him. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. He's the king of Israel. Let him come down now from the cross and we will believe in him. He trusts in God. Let God rescue him now if he wants him. For he said, I am the son of God. In the same way, the rebels who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him. This is a quick snapshot of the last hours of the life of Jesus, who is the fulfillment of God's dream for the reconcile, the reconciliation of all of humanity. And there was a long road of pain and hardship and work and being misunderstood and loneliness between the inception of that dream and the realization of it. And I don't want today to be a downer because I think if we can take hold of the, the opportunity that we have to embrace what it takes to live out the calling of God in our lives, it will result in a more fulfilled life. So I think all of this, all of this is a beautiful picture, a beautiful recognition of where we can go together. So today, I want to talk about five really difficult things no one wants to do to make 2017 the most fruitful year of their life. I hope it's the most inspirational message you've ever heard at church. Five really difficult things no one wants to do to make 2017 the most fruitful year of your life. And I would love for you to write these five things down, whether it's on a piece of paper or on your phone. I'd love for you to be taking notes today because everything that we'll talk about today is about us doing something. It's about us doing something. And so we sit here and we think, oh, geez, I'm not doing that and I feel depressed or I'm not doing that and so I feel guilty. There is no guilt here today. There is no shame. We're on a new year. We're on a new road and we have the opportunity to start choosing into these things to become the people that God has meant for us to become and do the things that God has called us to do. So write these things down. And why do I say that no one wants to do these things? I think this is a really important point. No one wants to do the five things that I'm going to talk about this morning. And I think the, the, one of the things that stands between us achieving the things that God has called us to and not is the fact that we stand in a particular place with a particular perspective and we look at people who are accomplishing things and we just assume they're different than we are. We just assume it's easier for them. We just assume they want to do the things we don't want to do. But I have spent a lot of time with a lot of people who are accomplishing a lot of things and I've listened to a lot of people talk about the things they're accomplishing and consistently, consistently the thing that I am reminded of is that those people don't want to do hard work just as much as I don't want to do hard work. And those people want to watch Netflix just as much as I want to watch Netflix. And those people would rather be hanging out with friends and having fun as much as I would rather be hanging out with friends and having fun. And all of those things are fine and all of those things can be great. But as we live out the dreams that God has placed inside of us and we become the people he's called us to be, we got to do these five things, and I think it's hard for everybody. So recognize we're all in the same boat with this, and then let's start moving forward. So the first thing is make intentional decisions. Make intentional decisions. Don't arrive at December 31st, 2017 accidentally. 
right? Don't arrive there having not been intentional with your year. That's what this thing, this Washer Sunday that we're doing today is all about. It's about being intentional with your year. It's about saying, hey, I'm first of all going to be intentional about taking time to be introspective about what this year is supposed to be about. What am I being called to this year? What is my dream for this year? What is God saying to me about this year? If we don't take time to do that, if we're not intentional about doing that, we miss taking even the first step. We miss even having a compass to put us moving in the right direction. So let's be intentional about where we're going this year. At the end of my message this morning, I'll share kind of some of how being intentional about this very thing at the beginning of 2016 has radically shaped my year and has made it really fruitful. Don't be on the fence. Don't be hot or cold about the intentionality of the direction of your life this year or about the intentionality of the decisions that you'll make when you wake up every morning. Revelation 3 uh, is written to the church in Laodicea And it says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. If you're going to like spend 2017 being drunk all the time, don't do it on accident. Like make it an intentional decision. Don't stumble into living an unfruitful life. If your life is going to be unfruitful, claim it and own it, right? If your life is going to be cold in 2017, make a declaration today that you intend for your life to be cold. Because here's the thing, like if we don't intend for our life to be hot, if we don't intend for our life to be fruitful, if we don't make a decision about what God is doing in our life in 2017, it will unintentionally unintentionally be lukewarm which is nothing at all, right? But if we live, if like I really think this passage here, and there's all kinds of interpretations about it, but I think one of the interpretations of this passage is if you make an intentional decision to live a cold life, you'll see how awful living a cold life is. But if you unintentionally live a lukewarm life, you'll never really get anywhere. So be intentional about the things that you're stepping into in 2016. Don't walk into it casually. Romans 8 talks about things working together for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And I think one of the things that we all need to hear this morning about making intentional decisions is that every purpose is important. If God has called us into something, it is noble. And don't let anyone tell you that it's not. If God has called you to serve people by cleaning up after them in the role of a janitor. Like own it, claim it, name it, be it, live it, and be the best stinking janitor that you can be. Because that's how we honor God and the purposes that he has called us to. By being intentional about it, by being the people who own it and doing it as best as we can. Living into your calling Fulfilling the dreams of your life doesn't suddenly happen one day. It happens one small step every day. It doesn't accidentally happen. You living the things that God has called you to live will not happen on accident. It'll happen because of the choices that you make every day. And this is one of the challenges of of like social media, right? We're all content producers, 
on social media. And we see people who like suddenly become, or at least have the perception of being productive on social media, right? And we think that it happens suddenly. But even if you look at people who are like making a career out of producing content on social media, for every one piece of content that they find to be fruitful or having like return on investment, there's probably a dozen that didn't, right? And that is true with us accomplishing our dreams related to our career, related to our relationships, related to our spiritual life. Whatever it is, if there's a dream in front of us in any component of our life, there are probably a dozen things that won't work for everyone that does. And that's why we come to number two, the second really difficult thing nobody wants to do to make 2017 fruitful, is to work hard. Work hard. Write it down. Work hard. I know we don't want to write it down because we just want to live in the dream world, right? We spiritualize dreams. We spiritualize dreams and we hold them up as this beautiful thing and we despiritualize work, and we say, oh, that's just like something that gets in the way, right? Gets in the way of my dreams. Work is getting in the way of my dreams. Work is the only way to achieve the things that God has called you to achieve. Make tension intentional. Don't avoid the work. Embrace it as the journey toward your dreams. This is the life of the farmer. The farmer knows that if he grows crops, he can sell it to make an income. He can use it to provide food for his or her family, right? The farmer has a big idea, but when the farmer goes out to the field in the morning, he knows he has to plow eight rows and it's going to be sweaty and dirty and it's not going to be fun. And when he gets to the end of the day, he's going to find satisfaction in having done the work. Find value in work. Recognize work as spiritual. See it as satisfying, even when it is dirty and sweaty and smelly and not fun. Proverbs talks a lot about work. In Proverbs 12, it says, those who work their land will have abundant food, but those who chase fantasies have no sense. Those who chase fantasies, those who live in the dream realm their entire lives, will not come to a place of fruitfulness. But those who work their land have abundant food. And I want us to dream. I want us to be people who dream, but don't live in the world of fantasy to the point where dreams become a distraction from achieving the things that God is calling us to. You don't need another dream if God has already placed one in you. You need to do something about the dreams you've already dreamed. Psalm 90, may the favor of the Lord our God rest on us. Establish the work of our hands for us. Yes, establish the work of our hands. I love this. It's this prayer of the favor of the Lord resting on us. And then there seems to be this next line associated with that. Establish the work of our hands for us. And then it's almost as if there's a revelation, a realization. I pray this one thing for the favor of the Lord to rest on us. And then I pray this other thing, that he would establish the work of our hands for us. That's a novel idea. Yes, God, establish the work of our hands. Because I recognize it as the bridge between where I stand today and you doing the things you want to do through me. The best way to accomplish nothing. Wait until you're inspired. 
the best way to accomplish nothing is to wait until you're inspired. Proverbs 14, all hard work brings, pro brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. As a person who loves to make stuff, like this is really salient to me, this idea of inspiration and being inspired or not being inspired and doing and not doing and how all of those things are related to one another. And ultimately, it comes down to this idea, do something even when you don't feel like it. Number three, the third thing we need to do to accomplish what it is that God is dreaming in and through us in 2017 to live a more fruitful life this year is to do something even when you don't feel like it. This is the story of Moses, right? Moses kills an Egyptian. He flees. He goes out into the wilderness. He encounters God there. And God says, hey, I have this dream that I'm dreaming for you. Go back to Egypt, talk to Pharaoh, and tell him to let my people go. Uh-uh, I don't feel like doing that. And here are the three excuses as to why I shouldn't. Great, I hear you, God says, but remember, I am who I am. And this is what I'm telling you to do. So do it. Well, I don't know. Can I have somebody else to help me? Okay, sure. Yeah. Here's this guy. He'll help you. He'll be your mouthpiece, right? This is a story of Moses over and over and over again. Do you think Moses had a great time for 40 years waking up every morning walking around the wilderness? Right? But he continued to lead with responsibility and integrity and an authority, living out the dreams that he had to deliver people. Delivering people, if that's your thing, if you're working in the realm of people, know that it's the most hard calling. And probably there are more times where you won't feel like doing what it is that you're supposed to do every morning. But this isn't only the story of Moses, right? This is the story of Jonah. This is the story of Jesus, as we read a little bit ago. Jesus agonizing in the garden before his crucifixion. If there's any other way, if there's any other way, God, if there's any other way, Father, let it happen. I don't want to die. I don't want to give myself. But not my will, your will. And it doesn't matter in this moment that I don't want to do it. I'm going to say yes to you. It's the story of Paul it's the story of Mary. It's the story of all of the disciples. My suspicion is that no matter what name you put here, anyone that has accomplished something, anyone that has lived out their dream has at some point done something even when they didn't feel like it. And so the best way to accomplish nothing is to wait, into your, and wait until you're inspired. The worst fuel for accomplishing your dreams is passion. The worst fuel for accomplishing your dreams is passion. Because passion is like lighter fluid, right? Big flame at the beginning, but man, it burns away really quick. The, the worst fuel for accomplishing your dreams is passion. Because when the passion dies, which it inevitably will, you're left with wondering, why am I doing this? How am I supposed to continue to do this? And if we're called to something, it's important. How you feel is not on the list of options for why you choose to say yes to your calling. How you feel is important. How you feel is integral to how you will do what it is you are called to do. 
recognizing how you feel is instrumental, but how you feel is not on the list of why you do or do not do something, right? Maybe some of the things on the list are like, I'm responsible, or I've been called to this, or I know that even if I don't feel like it today, this is really important in walking out the things that I've been called to do. Or I see the big picture, and I know that this is one of those really awful, hard work, not fun, small steps that I have to take to step into the bigger picture. Not, I feel lazy today. Because guess what? Most people who are being really productive, probably when they wake up in the morning, want to press the snooze button. Probably when they uh, take a lunch break, want to scroll social media for like 45 minutes after their lunch break probably would rather be watching La La Land, right? <laughs> I knew that would re resonate deeply. Any, almost anyone can start a marathon. Very far, far fewer people can actually finish one. And it's not because just somebody has a different like body structure or level of endurance. It's because people who finish marathons get up at 5.30 in the morning when it's 32 degrees outside and don't say it's too cold or I'm too tired. They get up and they do it. You may want to end global hunger, but don't think that every day will feel like you're ending global hunger. And where it says global hunger, insert like whatever altruistic dream that you're called to, right? Whatever the thing that God has called you to do, you may want to do that, but don't think that every day you will wake up or every day you will finish feeling like you've accomplished that thing because most likely it's a really long ongoing journey and all of these mundane hard steps don't make us feel like we've done the thing, right? Somebody who has a passion to end global hunger has a really beautiful and wonderful and altruistic passion. But the truth is like they got to wake up in the morning and work out the logistics of getting food from America to Haiti. That's really like practical and unfun and not sexy. Logistics. But logistics get stuff done. Uh, number four, choose into the mundane. So we've talked about making intentional decisions. We've talked about working hard. Do something if, even when you don't feel like it and choose into the mundane. Your dream is not one awesome thing. It's a million little seemingly meaningless tasks. It's not, your dream is not one awesome thing. It's a million seemingly meaningless little tasks. David was a shepherd, but his call and his destiny and his dream was kingship. But he sat in the field and he protected the sheep and he fought a lion and he learned how to become a fighter and he played his harp and he learned how to become a musician. And both of those things were later on instrumental in him becoming the king that he was called to be, right? So he learned how to fight and he fought a lion and it was time for him to step up. And there's this story where there were all of these soldiers and none of them wanted to fight Goliath, but David showed up to bring his brother some lunch and he said, I got this. I know how to fight. I'm a fighter and I'm called to this. 
And so he didn't put on somebody else's armor. He didn't become somebody else. He didn't follow the path. He didn't do it the way everybody else thought he should do it. He had spent a long time in the field protecting the sheep, and that was his road. Those were his mundane tasks. That was the day-to-day for him that set him up to walk into that battle for, and, and be victorious. At the same time, he had learned to become a musician. He was playing the harp. He went into King Saul's court, and King Saul was plagued by this awful thing that made him feel awful, and it plagued his heart and his mind and his soul and his spirit. And David would come, and he would play that harp in front of King Saul, and it would alleviate him of the curse over his life. Because David had spent time in the field learning how to become a wonderful musician, and God was doing something supernatural in his ability to play that harp because he was committed to the one million seemingly mundane, meaningless tasks that were allowing him to be prepared to step into the dream of his life and the calling that he was called to. Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. It's a movie from the 80s. It's called The Karate Kid. (laughs) There's a guy named Mr. Miyagi, and he's teaching Daniel, son, uh, how to fight, right? Wax on. Hey, Daniel, son, Wax the car, wax on, wax off. No, do it like this. This is how you do it, right? And then later on, oh my gosh, look, you can block people like this. <laughs> maybe he should have just told him he could block people like that, but maybe it's also a good example. And even in this idea of like choosing into the mundane, I think what's in the Bible can show us this, but what's not in the Bible is probably more prescient to this, right? We have three years of, of Jesus' ministry and what, that's contained in maybe 60 chapters of the Bible? Three years of life? Imagine all the things that weren't there. And that was just three years of a life of 33 years. There were 30 years of mostly unrecorded life before that. And most of it was going to bed and waking up and being with people and becoming a carpenter and building a table and building a chair and sweeping the floor. But all of that was moving Jesus in the direction of fulfilling is calling. Um, there's an there's a organization called Y Combinator, and they're, they fund startups, and it's kind of the school that startups go through. And um, they do, it's on an annual cycle, so every year new startups come in, and they kind of teach them to do how, to do what they're doing and how to do it better and, and lead them through the process of becoming a, a, a viable startup. And... Uh, so they have this other thing called How to Start a Startup. It's available online. You can list like 20 lectures about kind of their process and that kind of thing. And it's taught by mostly people who have been through the Y Combinator process and people who have started companies that are really successful and that kind of thing. And I've listened to maybe six or seven of those episodes. And it's amazing to me, out of those six or seven episodes, how many of those founders of these multi-million dollar companies, like hundreds of millions of dollars, Talk about how they still answer technical service phone calls and emails. They still answer technical service phone calls and emails, and they're the presidents of multi-million dollar companies because they know that for them, that mundane, seemingly meaningless task teaches them exactly what they need to do to make their product better. And there are so many things like that in our life we would just rather not do, we'd rather give to somebody else, we'd rather ignore, that are instrumental in us stepping into the fullness of the things that God has called us to do. For me, when it comes to just doing creative things, like writing songs, I think is a good example. 
the picture that I've kind of come to develop about what it looks like to write a good song is that there's this sphere, right? Let's call this sphere a good song. And this good song sphere is behind four walls made of bricks, 150 bricks. And let's say all of those bricks are titled bad song. And the only way to get to the sphere of the good song inside the wall of bricks is to one at a time dismantle the bad song walls by writing a really bad song. And nobody wants to write 150 bad songs. But if you're going to write a good song, it's probably going to take you dismantling the bad song wall one brick at a time. And whatever the dream is on your life, there's probably something that is direct metaphor for this. What are the things that you have to walk through in order to get to the place where God has calling has, has called you and is giving you to dream? All right, last thing. Here we go. So five really difficult things no one wants to do to make 2017 the most fruitful year of their life. Make intentional decisions. Work hard. Do something even when you don't feel like it. Choose into the mundane and embrace hardships without living a woe-is-me life. Everything that I've talked about has been hard. It's hard. Like, I've done a lot of stuff, and I know that this stuff is hard, and most of the time I don't want to do it. But we cannot make that the banner of our life. We cannot make life is hard the banner of our lives. We cannot live a woe is me life where we go. Paul is a great example of this. Paul writes the letter to the Philippians from prison. And he starts out, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident in this, that who, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And no one would know that Paul was in jail unless they knew Paul was in jail because Paul didn't make his life revolve around the bad things of Paul's life. No matter the circumstances of Paul's life, he kept the mission and the people central. He kept the mission and the people central. And so he stepped into the things that God had called him to do. He encountered hardship along the way. He embraced that hardship, not trying to avoid it, recognizing it as an opportunity to refine and shape and carve him into the person that he was supposed to become. But it never became his identity. It never became his attitude. It never became his mantra. Because you living out your dream will require you doing it alongside of other people. And it's really important that we are people who embrace the truth of God's goodness over our lives, that we embrace the grace of God over our lives, that we embrace the joy of God in the process, that we embrace the goodness of relationships of the people around us and our relationship with God as we do what it is that we're called to do. So I've talked about really hard things, but let's not allow those hard things to control our identity to control our attitude. Let's live in the joy of God as we move into our dream with our eye on the things that he's called us to, but also along the way recognizing that it's going to be really, really hard. And that's okay because it's hard for everybody and we're on this journey together and you don't have to pretend that it's not and you don't have to create this life that's front-facing to the rest of the world that everything is perfect 
we can be in it together and we can celebrate the work that we're doing and we can be thankful for God's presence and with us and our presence alongside of one another as we do this thing. So I'll end talking just really briefly about um, my story of being intentional about 2016. So at the beginning of 2016, I took some time to say like, what is going to define my life in 2016? What is it that I'm being called to? What's the next part of the mountain that God is inviting me to climb? And so my word for 2016 was beauty. And I've talked about it a few times. Um, and as a result of that, like I made some really hard choices in my life. In April, like if you were here, you saw me just kind of go through this meltdown on stage as I talked about this transition in my life, going part-time here at City Beautiful Church and refocusing my energy around the things that I felt like God was calling me to, both here at our church and outside of our church. I took time to ask, like, who are the people in the world that I know that are really talented at what they do and making really beautiful things, and how can I collaborate with them, and how can we just have a great time doing those things, even though along the way it's going to be really hard work, and it's not always going to pan out, and it's not always going to turn out like it's supposed to. In June, when um, we all experienced, like, the Pulse tragedy together, got with several other arts leaders here in our community and together we put on this event called Beautiful Together at the Dr. Phillips Center. And it was an opportunity for us to use creativity and beauty to help our, our city journey through this really hard time that we were experiencing together. And there's probably another 25 things that I could talk about how as a result of being intentional, of embracing beauty in my life in 2016, at the beginning of the year, how that set me on a trajectory to live those things out. And every single one of those stories embodies mundane tasks and a lot of hard work and things I didn't want to do. And it wasn't easy and it wasn't always beautiful. And the story I can tell now is a really awesome and inspiring story. But you would not want to hear like the details of how those things happened because they're just boring. Like it's not a good story. But all of that not good story stuff is what allows us to live a life worth telling, a life worth sharing. So we're going to sing a few more songs and I want to invite you to consider um, what is God calling you to in 2017? And I encourage you to if you can boil it down to a single word because if you can't remember the thing then you're not going to do it so it's easy to remember one word and the reason we have these washers is because uh, we want to be able to carry it around with us we want to be able to carry the, the, these words with us and so in the past we've just used sharpie uh, but if you carried yours around at all you know that in like three weeks the sharpie's gone so uh, we wanted to take it up a notch this year and we have um, six stations back here and there's uh letterpress letters in the wooden boxes and then there's the washers there and then there's hammers and I did mine earlier this morning just to kind of be able to give you some instructions so after you get your word I encourage you to go back there you put the washer on the piece of wood back there um, when you pick the washer up one side will have this like film on it and you can either just make sure you're not doing it on the side with the film or just tear the film off because um, I did mine on both sides um, and then put it on the piece of wood and then pull out your letters one at a time, position them on the washer. And I found out that instead of like hitting it really hard once, it's easier or it works better to like hit it medium many times as you repos like make sure, just, you know what I'm talking about? Does this make sense to you? Like little joystick, pretend like it's a joystick and like, but make sure it doesn't slide around. 
That's a lot of like logistical instructions to prove my point, to prove my point that the logistical stuff are mundane details and really uninteresting and takes all the wind out of like the inspirational things I just talked about. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. All right. So uh, let's stand together. God, we, um, we are grateful for you. We're grateful for your presence. We're grateful for the people in this room. We're grateful for a new year. We're grateful for dreams. We're grateful for passion. Um, and God, I just pray that today we would be intentional about seeking you and determining what 2017 is all about. And that every morning when we wake up, we'll say yes, regardless of how we feel, regardless of not wanting to do the thing, that this would be a completely productive year. Yeah, so just allow God to inspire you into this moment of like, what is the thing that defines 2017 for you? And feel free at any time um, during the next several songs to go to the back and uh, put that on a washer. There's also some necklace things there if you want to put it on a necklace or you can keep it on your keychain or whatever. But uh, yeah, feel just free in this time to move, move about. <laughs>